evening. Welcome to Peoria City Council for Tuesday, July 3. Uh, would you please rise, join us in a moment of silence and a pledge of allegiance led by Councilmember Pearson. Thank you. With the clerk, please call the roll. Mayor Barrett? Here. Vice Mayor Ames? Here. Councilmember Pearson? Here. Councilmember Evans? Present. Councilmember Rivero? Here. Councilmember Carlot? Here. And Councilmember Leone? Here. Thank you. This is the time to fill out the, uh, if you want to speak to any of the items or, or to speak at the end of the meeting, you will find the speaker request forms in the lobby. Please fill one out, give it to the clerk, and we will call upon you at the appropriate time. First item up is the consent agenda. The consent agenda are all items that are listed with the C. They're considered to be routine and or have been previously reviewed by the city council. They will be enacted by one motion unless a council member asks the items be removed. Mr. Rivero. Yes, Mayor. I want to request item 4C, 6C. Um, 14C and 15C be pulled. Thank you. Anyone else? Items, uh, yes, Mayor, item 16C, please. Any others? Okay, I will ask for, uh, could I have a motion to approve the consent agenda with the exception of 4C, 6C, 14, 15, and 16? So moved. Second. second. Moved by Mr. Rivero, second by Mr. Leone. Please vote. The clerk will record the vote. It's unanimous, thank you. First item up is 4C, Mr. Rivero. And this uh, item, uh, our engineering director, uh, Andy Granger, will give a brief overview. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mayor, the reason I pulled this item off, um, one of a brief presentation, it's, it's a, in my view, a, a big contract, so I, I would like a small presentation on that item. Thank you. Sure, we're prepared to do that. We have our engineering supervisor, Joe Kurz, here to provide a PowerPoint presentation. But <clears throat> before he starts, just to give you some background on this item, this is a project that's been going on for two years. We did an initial evaluation of our entire sewer system, and because of that, we uh, have two projects that we've already completed as part of rehab of our existing sewer system. This is the third one to address a, a grade five area of our sewer system, and Joe's gonna give some more detail on that. Trunk Sewer Rehabilitation Construction Contract Award for Quest Civil Constructors. Uh, as Andy mentioned, uh, we've already done two projects. Just to give you a little bit of background on this, uh, back in uh, last year, we completed, the Public Works Utility Department completed a very extensive uh, inspection evaluation of our trunk sewer system uh, that included the 15 and 42 inch diameter sewers. Um, and that's really about 400,000 feet is what they inspected back then. They completed that in June of 2011. As a result of that, we put together the three projects. And again, as Andy mentioned, uh, we, we do have project one and two uh, already completed. Both of those projects were completed in June of 2012. Um, those are smaller projects, and each one of those projects was coordinated with 
um, other city street projects so that we could minimize disruption to the uh, public and minimize traffic control. In fact, we use the traffic control on those other projects to do our project so that we were almost invisible in doing our projects. Anyway, the third project is the larger of the, of the three projects, uh, and that's the one we're talking about today. Our design engineer uh, on that project was, uh, Dibble, is Dibble Engineers, and again, Quest Civil Constructors is proposed to do the construction for a guaranteed max maximum price of uh, about $1.75 million. So this slide shows you the extent of that uh, North Reach trunk sewer, which is what we're going to be rehabilitating. Uh, we're not going to be able to do all of that with this project. We're going to do the high priority sections of, of, uh, of this trunk main. But this is one of the most critical sewer infrastructure uh, pieces in the city, this North Reach trunk sewer. Do you second question? Yes, sir. Uh, you, said, you mentioned that um, you're gonna, not going to address all the issues. What are the other um, areas of concern that Well, you, what we have is uh, during that evaluation, they identified the very high priority projects. And so we're just going to go back and do those high priority projects. The ones that are in fair condition, we're not going to do at this time. We're going to get those at, a, at another at a later time. So you're going to go back and evaluate those later? We'll do, go back and do those when their condition gets to the point where we have to go back and do it. Okay, thank you. Okay. So uh, the project overview, just the basic com components that go into uh, this project uh, and, and all of our rehab projects. Traffic control is normally a, a, a very significant part of a project like this. And this particular project, uh, we don't have much traffic control because we're going to do most of our uh, work in the alignment, which is in the New River. The only traffic control we're going to have is going to be uh, right around 91st and Cactus and probably only be a couple of days. Uh, the other big part of this project is installing uh, the bypass itself, the sewer bypass, and I'll show you that um, in a later slide. Um, now the next thing we always do is we go in and do a pre-inspection closed circuit television video to see what we've got to prepare to do the project, and then we go in and pressure wash the entire um, inside of that uh, sewer so that it's very clean and ready for us to get started on our project. Um, we'll go in and do the point repairs and then finally we will go in and reline uh, about 5,800 feet of the 36-inch uh, sewer in that uh, section. And we're actually going to do 14 segments. Uh, they're not all connected together. Again, we're just doing the high-priority segments and, uh, you know, they vary in length anywhere from two to 600 feet. But the total will be 5,800 5, feet. Uh, then after that, we'll just go in and do our post uh, video inspection, make sure everything is according to specifications. Uh, I talked about the bypass a little bit before. This just um, shows you where we're going to set that up. We're going to go ahead and set up some, um, I don't think there's a way to point with this, but uh, right up there by, uh, Plaza del Rio, we're going to set up our bypass pumps. We're going to go ahead and cross the river. When we cross the river with our bypass, we're going to bury that pipe. Uh, and I think the flood control district um, is going to want us to do that. We're going to then install our pipe in the, um, there's a uh, Arizona Department of Transportation culvert, canal, um, and drainage channel. We're going to put our bypass in that channel. We're going to get across 
Loop 101, that's how we're getting across Loop 101. We're going to wind the bypass pipe around, follow the 91st on-ramp to Loop 101. We're going to follow the, that all the way down to Cactus Road with our bypass pipe. So that's the only part of the project you're really going to see above grade. Everything else will be below grade. And this slide shows you where we're actually uh, hooking in to the sewer on Cactus Road. Um, and, and so what we'll do there, we'll probably take a couple of days. We'll go ahead and take the top part of that sewer out, connect our bypass pipe up to it, and then we'll put down temporary pavement. So we'll probably have about a two-day uh, lane closure right there, but then we'll open it right back up uh, until we're all done with the project. Uh, this is just a before and after slides. The, the picture on the left shows you what typically what these look like when they're in this kind of condition. You can see quite a bit of uh, failure going on in that section. Of course, the, the slide on the right is a, is a brand new pipe with a design life of 50 years. Uh, project schedule. Uh, we expect to have our permits in August. Uh, we're going to probably need a flood control district permit, uh, an Arizona Department of Transportation permit for that bypass work. Um, we'll then get our bypass set up early part of September. We're going to go ahead and reline, do the relining. That'll take place latter part of September through October, probably till the end of October. Uh, we'll go ahead and remove the uh, bypass in November, and we should be all done by uh, December 2012. So uh, at this time, if you have any questions, I'd be uh, happy to answer them. Okay. Just have one last question. Can you tell me about um, the city's experience with uh, past experience with Quest Civil co constructors? Uh, we've had very good experience with Quest Civil. They've uh, they've done a number of other projects for us. Uh, can you two or three different what other, projects? Can you explain what, what other projects? Well, actually, they did the uh, one of our very first rehabilitation projects on Northern Avenue. Okay. The uh, the Cured in place pipe that we put on Northern Avenue from 83rd to 91st, they did that project. They did all the traffic control, did an excellent job, came in under budget, on schedule. So we're very happy with their services. Great. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. Other questions or comments? Could I have a motion? So I'll move. It's been moved by Mr. Rivero, seconded by Mr. Ames. This is 4C contract. Quest Civil Constructors, Trunk Sewer Rehabilitation. Please vote. The clerk will record the vote. It is unanimous. Thank you very much. Next item up is 6C Intergovernmental Agreement, Peoria Unified School District School Resource Officers. Mr. Rivero. Once again, I pulled this item off. Um, one of the schools that participates in this program is in the Acacia District, and want an update on the program from our chief. Chief Minter, I'll give a brief overview of the program. Sure, thank you, Mr. Swenson, Mayor, and members of council. Um, as you may know, we began the school resource officer program back in 2009. We initiated it at two Peoria Unified School District high schools, Sunrise Mountain and Peoria High School. During the first two years of the program, we saw a 30% reduction in calls for service based on the fact that we had school resource officers on the campus for these two schools. As you recall, last year with your approval, uh, we were given approval to add a school resource officer to Centennial High School. We did that last year. Our calls for service after adding the school resource officer to Centennial High School 
decreased from 116 calls for service to 35 calls for service that were handled by the school resource officer. Uh, school resource officers last school year completed 249 incident reports and they handled 484 incidents on campus. Those are calls for service that if we did not have a school resource officer there, we would have had to dispatch patrol officers to respond to those calls for service. Um, they also utilized just over 4,700 operational, operational hours um, at the three high schools last year. Now these operational hours included teaching courses at the high schools, following up on truancy and criminal matters, um, and then also assisting the school staff and just meeting with the students to address various issues. Um, looking at uh, Liberty High School, we're looking at probably the same amount of calls for service. We're somewhere between 90 and 100 calls for service that we're having to have patrol officers respond to at Liberty High School. Based upon that and upon our staffing assessment of the department, uh, we would like permission to move forward with the signing of fourth SRO to Liberty High School. Thank you. Question? Mr. Rivero? Thank you, Chief. I support this program. Um, two um, simple questions. One, um, there is a brief explanation as far as what the resource officers do in the summer. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Um, during the summer, our school resource officers run what we call the Youth Citizens Police Academy. Um, it's a one-week-long program, and we run it for four weeks straight. We just ended it last week. Um, this summer, we ran 150 kids through the Youth Police Citizens Academy. And it's basically getting them oriented to what law enforcement officers do, but, you know, just talking to them about being good kids and good citizens in our community. The kids absolutely love it. I attend all the graduations. I pass out the certificates to the kids. Their parents come up and take pictures of the kids with the police chief. Um, we call it one of our shameless recruitment tools uh, <laughs> because these kids really, really um, enjoy what we do in being around the police officers, even though it's just for a brief one-week period. Okay. And my last question with the new um, SRO coming on board, obviously this position is different than the other police officer positions. How do you go about in selecting the right person? Well, we put together a selection process that also included input from the school district. The principal at Liberty High School actually sat on the selection panel. We had two very good officers who interviewed for the position. We have selected one of our veteran officers, Lisa Hell, who has been selected for the position. Lisa will attend a school resource officer class the end of this month in Chandler. Um, Lisa is an outstanding officer. She's been on the department, I believe, just over three years. She is a former teacher. Um, has a master's degree in education um, and did an outstanding job during the interview process. Thank you, Chief. Thank you. Other question? Mr. Ames, I'm sorry. Yes, and I, I know uh, and you know as well nationally the school resource officers are a great resource for our communities working with the kids. And uh, you just mentioned uh, the reduction in calls to the high school. Uh, and I know uh, the Peoria Unified School District pays 30% of the officer's salary. Have you, have you done a kind of a figure of what the end, end costs would be since we have a savings with, uh, in terms of the reduction in service calls? Well, we haven't actually put a dollar amount to it, but when we look at the amount of time that our officers spend taking them off the road and responding to a call for service at the schools, we feel it's very beneficial for us to have that school resource officer there. That's a resource that's not only there to respond immediately to an issue or concern in the school, but it's also someone who the kids in the school are familiar with and also communicate with on a regular basis. Yeah. 
And it is a great program, and I think it's also quite cost-effective to have those school research officers right at the school. Absolutely. As opposed to different different patrol cars going there, at, uh, and the next time it's a different one, and so on. So they can develop a real connection to the police officer, and he can to the students that are there. Absolutely, and that's, that's one of the key benefits of the program. Um, we strongly believe that because we have um, really shown a strong commitment to putting the officers in the schools. We're not seeing a lot of the issues that some of the other um, school districts are seeing in their schools because we have officers in the schools who are addressing those issues and also building those relationships with the students and the school administration. Ms. Evans? Well, I'm delighted you're adding Liberty. That is in the Willow District as well as Sunrise Mountain. And it definitely just adds another layer of safety and security, and we really appreciate it. I know that the students at Liberty that took part in your special uh, swag program um, already have been, the ones coming in have been indoctrinated into the, the value of uh, making right choices, and those uh, high school students that came alongside to mentor have done that at Liberty. So thank you very much. Sure, thank you. Thank you. Other questions? This time I have a uh, speaker request for him, Joe McCord. You have three minutes. Mr. Mayor, members, ladies and gentlemen of the City Council, Chief just stole all my thunder and most of the data that I was going to present to you. So I'm really just confirming what he said, but speaking as a member of the school board, for POA Unified School District. We are delighted with the way the program has gone so far. It's been highly, highly successful. Uh, I've been on campus on Sunrise Mountain and Peoria and have seen the officers interact with the students there. It's a very positive, strong, good interaction. And I'm delighted that you're thinking about extending it to Liberty. There's nothing really more I can say because the chief said everything, but it's been a great program. We hope that you will extend it to one more school. And with that, uh, I have nothing to say unless somebody wants to ask a question. Nope. School district is very happy with it. Please extend it. Thank you. Okay. Um, could I have a motion? So I'll move. Second. Moved by Ms. Rivero, seconded by Ms. Evans. This is 6C, Intergovernmental Agreement, Peoria Unified School District, School Resource Officers. Please vote. The clerk will record your vote. It is unanimous. Thank you very much. Next item is 14C, Budget Adjustment, Fire Department Operating Divisions, Operating Expenses. Mr. Rivera. Mayor, I pulled this item for a brief presentation. Matt Katie Gregory, our um, Interim Management and Budget Director, will give an overview of this budget amendment. Thank you, Carl. Um, regarding this item, this is a um, Fire Department Operational um, Budget Adjustment. Um, city staff was made aware of some of the costs associated with um, the items identified in here earlier in the fiscal year. As you may recall, the pension settlement with the former fire chief was recognized pretty early in the fiscal year. Likewise, the increase in the CAD fees um, we were aware of around the fall of last fall. Um, in some of the instances when we have these types of unforeseen or um, greater than costs hitting an operating budget, um, we do recommend deferring some adjustments until the, the operating department has an opportunity 
um, to seek some cost-saving measures and to absorb some of the financial um, impacts within their base budget. That's the case that occurred in the fire department budget where um, both the fire department and the budget office staff had hoped to absorb these costs as part of their existing budget in fiscal year 2012. Unfortunately, um, some of the demands in the fire department, it's a large department, it's a $19 million department, um, were such that we weren't able to find the savings available within their budgets to do, to cover these items. We have kept very um, close eye on this over the course of the year and, um, and until recently we had hoped that we would be able to um, absorb the impacts of these, mainly these two items. Um, it's a similar case in the attorney's office that you'll see in, in item 15C um, as well. So with that, I'd be happy to answer some questions. Um, I can address any. Sure, I have a, co a couple of questions. Uh, the first question is about the, the CAD uh, dis dispatch uh, fees. Sure. Um, you, part of the language says that budget, is, budget is, is set based on the estimated number of calls to be generated by the city. Uh, the FY12 calls for service increased at a rate greater than anticipated. Do you know why um, they're greater than anticipated? Yeah, this is one of those difficult situations where we are doing our budgeting um, in that April timeframe, April-May timeframe. The CAD, we were given information that Phoenix would not be changing their rates um, and that the it would be based on a certain call, number of calls. Ultimately, the, they came back with a different number of calls and rate associated with that. So the budget had already been set for fiscal year 12. Again, it's one of those instances where um, we work with the departments very closely throughout the year to see if there's a way to mitigate that through the course of the year um, and absorb that within their budgets. Um, in this case, we are, we're at the year end and we weren't able to do that. Two more questions. Uh, the fire chief pension settlement, so we knew ahead of time this was going to happen, so we're trying to save some money by pushing it down the road? Yeah, again, with the fire chief settlement, we knew this um, late fall last year. We knew um, that there was a settlement. It was paid for out of the fire department's budget, the pension portion of this. Um, it did affect, obviously, their budget, but you anticipate that there's going to be some cost savings within budgets, and you hope that you're able to to manage within that um, due to what we've talked with you about before some of the, you know, the fire department had some pretty significant de demands this last year um, in their staffing levels and as a result we weren't able to realize those savings where we normally would expect to see those. And my last Rivera, can I, oops, excuse me, can I add uh, just a little bit to that? Um, also a feature uh, within the budgets now because of the, the cuts that we've taken over the past few years and how tight the budgets now are. Um, you see this happening um, in, in these two budgets where in past years we might have been able to adjust and in essence absorb some of these unanticipated costs. We're now unable to do so. Okay. Thank you. And, and my last question um, is wildland fire, wire, wildland <laughs> fire costs. Um, the $40,000 for that, um, can you explain about the reimbursement and will it go back to the general fund or how does that work? Yeah, I, I might, if you want specifics, I certainly can have um, Chief Irvine um, explain those. But um, again, wildland fires, we don't know if we're always going to get them. Um, and we certainly don't know if we're always going to be deployed to them. But um, when they do occur, we do send resources to our wildland fires. And as was the case this year, the last in May, I think it was May, um, primarily in May is when the main fires that we had just north of us um, hit, as well as I think one in New Mexico. Um, yeah, we had and so, deployed to New Mexico also. 
Yep. So we did deploy some resources there. These are reimbursable. So we will receive those. We will. We usually get them, you know, a few months in the rears a little bit once we once all the books are sort of closed. So because of the timing of the fires, but we will get that back and it will go into the general fund. I do have a I do have a question for Chief Irvine. Uh, these types of fires are there. Is this an opportunity for our firefighters to earn overtime? Yes, the firefighters that are deployed to wildland fires do get paid overtime and they also or I should say the city also gets reimbursed for the equipment that they take whether it be a pickup truck a city pickup truck our water tanker one of our engines or our water tender okay we get reimbursed for that thank you chief thank you Katie Mr. Ames. yeah my one question has been answered I was going to ask don't we get reimbursed for the uh, wildfire costs and uh, when that comes in then where does that money go that might be overage and not not spent at all by the fire department right, right. it comes back into the general fund doesn't go directly back to the fire department it comes back in as part of the general fund goes into the the overall fund and then is is then part of that analysis at the end of the year when we look at what's available for the following year yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong didn't a couple of months ago we do a similar adjustment for fire we did. We had an adjustment for fire a few months ago um, related to some of the personnel-related costs that we were seeing that were, that were um, the demand was much higher on the personnel side the this year. who were ill or something, was it? Yes, we had, a, we had 12, I believe it was, 12 firefighters that were on light duty their first half of this uh, fiscal year, which had a significant impact yeah. on their Yeah, their I think we ought to look at this a little bit and see if there's some ways we can mitigate some of this. Uh, yeah, Vice Mayor Ames, uh, uh, Chief Irvine and I have talked a fair amount about this over the past year, and he has done some things to keep um, the cost down with respect to the the full budget impact of all those firefighters on light duty. So it was, um, the number would have been higher had he not done some of those things. Uh, but um, incoming Fire Chief Bobby Reese and I are talking, uh, have talked briefly about this, and we're going to be continuing to discuss uh, an analysis of staffing levels and deployment within the department. Um, and uh, Chief Reese and I will be meeting about that next week. Thank you. Questions or comments? Could I have a motion? So moved. Second. Moved by uh, Mr. Rivero, seconded by Mr. Leone. This is 14C, Budget Adjustment, Fire Department, Operating Divisions, Operating Expenses. Please vote. The clerk will record the vote. It is unanimous. Thank you very much. Next up is 15C, Budget Adjustment, City Attorney's Office, Legal Services. Mr. Rivero. Thank you, Mayor. Um, pull this item for uh, presentation. Um, and Katie again will uh, will speak to this. It's really the same circumstance that uh, she was just speaking with with the fire department. Right. In this case, um, very similar to the fire department, um, um, the the cost, the city budgets, um, some litigation um, amounts. Understanding that there's going to be some usually within a fiscal year this year, it was unusually higher based to the administrative, um, the cost of the administrative hearings. And Steve could. Um, expand on that if you'd like, but um, this is kind of the same instance where we worked with the attorney's office to see if there was a way that we could absorb this within their base budget. Ultimately, this is where we ended at the end of the year. Yes, yes, thank you, Mayor. Um, what is the budget for this specific item? I, you know, I knew you were going to ask that question. I believe the budget is about 20000 a year. Uh, I can address that. The uh, Two items in question. The budget for administrative hearings is 3700 a year. 
the budget from Eagle Services is 18,000 and in the prior year's budget. So, so Mr. Kemp, in this area, um, it's not a normal year? Well, uh, Councilmember Vail, members of the council, uh, and the, if, if you look historically, for a number of years we've exceeded the administrative hearing uh, cost, and that is simply because um, th that's the cost of doing personnel, utility hearings, um, sales tax hearings, and all of those we get charged for. Uh, this year we had a couple of very long um, personnel hearings on the legal services side. We had uh, several unanticipated uh, legal services issues come up. Um, normally it's unusual that on the uh, non-risk side that we would have matters where we had a uh, conflict and we were compelled to refer a matter out. We had that occur this year where uh, we needed to refer a matter out. Uh, we, between the uh, matter involving the prior fire chief as well as some other issues, we had two very complex tax matters which also required some outside assistance uh, because they were extraordinarily complex tax and pension matters. So that is really what accounts for this uh, primarily is uh, the need on the legal services side to have referred a number mat of matters out, um, the uh, conflict items as well as the need for specialized tax and pension advice. Thank you. Other questions, comments? Could I have a motion? So moved. Second. Moved by Mr. Rivero, second by Mr. Leone. This is 15C, Budget Adjustment, City Attorney's Office, Legal Services. Please vote. Clerk will record the vote. It is unanimous. Thank you very much. Next item up is 16C, Modification, United States Postal Service, zip codes. Mr. Pearson. Thank you, Mary. If I can have just a brief presentation. Uh, yes, Mayor Council. Uh, this item actually, you're probably wondering, why is the city attorney talking about zip codes? Well, it actually came as the result of a uh, intergovernmental affairs item involving myself and John Shell. And since it started with uh, the city attorney's office, uh, we made the decision sort of to uh, leave it there rather than trying to move it around and find a place for it. Um, basically, how this occurred is the Sun City Homeowners Association made a request about a year ago to, to the city asking the city to consider whether it would agree to a change of the zip codes of, part of Peoria that currently has a Sun City address and a Sun City zip code. As a result of that, I did send an email to all of council asking if council wanted to approach this from a broader perspective. And a number of council members said, yes, I have perhaps similar concerns in my district. Uh, subsequently, this process really isn't a city process, it's a postal service process. Uh, Sun City had a number of legislators endorse the matter and a number of community organizations. Ultimately, the Postal Service has indicated that they do not, for a number of reasons, um, do not want to change these zip codes. And uh, the purpose of coming to you now is, is I, in looking at this and discussing this with uh, other staff, 
I think at this point in time, my recommendation would be that the city not approach asking the Postal Service to change any of the z city zip codes uh, at this point in time. There may be a time in the future where perhaps things have better sorted themselves out with the Postal Service, but it's clear right now the Postal Service doesn't this particular request had the endorsement of a U.S. Congressman, a number of legislators, a huge number of community groups, and uh, it's very clear that the Postal Service is not uh, at a point at this point in time where they feel that they are able to do this. And so the purpose tonight is this did go to a council subcommittee, and um, it was the type of thing that we would have really been repeating the subcommittee uh, presentation. So in order to expedite this so that the council as a whole could consider it, it's on your agenda uh, to simply report to you and obtain any direction that you wish to provide. Thank you, Mayor. And, and I believe the recommendation of staff is not to proceed. That's correct. Okay. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I understand that the uh, the post office is a 600-pound gorilla in this case. But I would ask that when this issue comes back, and it will, uh, because it, uh, I heard it in the mid-90s and we hear it again, and eventually it will come back. It's come to my attention that there are residents on both sides of the issue have really strong opinions. And the way it was approached to us uh, very legally was we just each individually got emails asking us, do we really want to move forward on this? Uh, we never really had a vote on it or a public discussion other than how we end it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just uh, would recommend that it, when it comes back in the future that, in fact, that it, we have uh, a public discussion of, of whether we want to be a part of this so that the public has an opportunity to, to let us know at the beginning as opposed to the end. And, and I, I recognize this is a no-brainer because uh, you know, it's not going anywhere anyway, so there's no, pr no purpose for us to, to, to proceed on this. But I, I, would, I would appreciate it starting a little differently. Uh, Councilman Pearson, members of the council, I completely agree. Uh, certainly in any request that city staff would generate, we would want to go through an extensive public input process. So I hear what, the, uh, what you said, and we certainly will approach it in that fashion uh, wherever it, uh, resides with staff in the future. Mr. Ames. So you're like absolutely certain that we would just go through the process again and it would be no. So you're going to kind of have your feel, uh, monitor it and see when it might be a good time in the future? Vice Mayor Ames, yeah. yes, I think if the city council were to direct us right now that we take a city area and make this submission, uh, I don't believe that we would be successful. I think that we'd expend an extensive amount of staff resources, and so uh, I think things are sorting themselves out with the Postal Service, and that perhaps in two or three years from now, Council might well want to direct staff to bring this issue back for some kind of process where the city generates a request versus a private entity uh, from outside the city. Thank you. Ms. Evans. I, I've served an area that wanted this done desperately, and I serve an area now that wants this done desperately. And I do understand their concern. Um, and I, I would echo what's been said about let's sooner than later see what we can do about it. 
Mayor Council members, if you'd like, uh, I'd suggest that perhaps we just sort of uh, place a reminder on this that in, say, a year or 18 months, we bring this back to you and uh, ask Council if you have any interest in proceeding at that point in time. Other questions or comments? Could I have a motion? Uh, move to approve staff's recommendation not to seek further action on modifications of zip code designations. Could I have a second? Second. Thank you. This is it's moved by Mr. Pearson, seconded by Mr. Ames. This is 16C, modification of the United States Postal Service zip codes. Please vote. Clerk will record the vote. Thank you. It is unanimous. Next up is the reg regular agenda, new business, 17R, confirmation, city manager appointment of community services director. Thank you, Mayor Barrett. I'm very pleased to, to bring to you a confirmation of my selection of our new community services director. Uh, I'm going to read a bit of information uh, for you uh, to describe the process and, and our chosen uh, candidate. Um, the city conducted an open recruitment utilizing the services of the executive recruiting uh, firm of Bob Murray and Associates for this important recruitment. The search resulted in a candidate pool of 224 applicants. The applicants were screened by Bob Murray and Associates and the city's executive team, um, and a round of semi-finalist interviews were um, held here in the in City Hall complex. From that, five uh, finalists were chosen uh, to make it to the finalist round. Uh, the finalists endured an extensive two-day interview process beginning on June 7th. Uh, the process included uh, a meeting with Executive Board of the Peoria American Federation of State and Municipal Employees, uh, all of the staff from the Community Services Department, and all of the directors from the city as well. Uh, formal interviews were focused on management, leadership, technical application, the character of the applicants, and their overall experience and presentation skills. The interview panels were comprised of both deputy city managers, Susan DeLuden uh, and Susan Thorpe, uh, Andy Granger, our engineering director, Chris Calcaterra, the sports and facilities manager, Barry Hogue, our budget coordinator, Tammy Shreve, our grants manager, uh, Jeff Tyne, our interim community services director, uh, and we also had both in the uh, semifinalist round and in the finalist round, uh, Eric Strunk from the city of Glendale. He's the executive director of Parks, Libraries, and Recreation for Glendale, and we really appreciate his involvement and perspective, and I, of course, was involved in both of those interview processes. Uh, the process concluded with candidate uh, community forum on the evening of June 7th, and through the comprehensive process, it was determined that the top candidate for this important position was John Sefton. John has a career uh, that spans 18 years in various capacities of parks, recreation, community services, both in the public sector and the private sector. John has been in the role of Deputy Director of Parks and Recreation for the City of Tucson since 2007. There, uh, he was responsible for a workforce of 500 employees and oversight of 128 parks over 4,000 acres, uh, including uh, in that portfolio the Reed Park Zoo, High Corbett Spring Training Facility, 19 recreation facilities, 27 pools, and five golf courses. John has administered a department budget of $41 million in operations uh, and $54 million in a five-year capital improvement program. Among his notable accomplishments 
are his successful management of the department's 10-year strategic plan and the associated three-year action plans. In addition, he is credited with having personally guided Tucson's Parks and Recreation Department uh, to become an accredited department by the National Recreation and Parks Association and the Commission for Accreditation of Parks and Recreation Agencies in 2010. Prior to his work with the City of Tucson, from 2000 to 2007, he was Executive Director of the Community Management uh, Division of Pulte Homes and Del Webb, uh, where from 2000 to 2006, he served as the manager of their parks and recreation facilities uh, in Anthem. Uh, before that, from 2000, excuse me, from 1998 to 2000, he served as Parks and Recreation Director for the Town of Prescott Valley, and from 1994 to 1998, he served as Recreation Coordinator for the City of Henderson, Nevada. Um, he holds a bachelor's degree from Arizona State University in business management with an emphasis in human resources, and he's a candidate uh, obtaining his master's degree from Northern Arizona University uh, in uh, administration of community planning and land use. He is certified in Parks and Recreation Professional, and he also holds a certificate in Public Policy Management from the University of Arizona. John will begin work as Community Services Director Monday, uh, August 20th, and I'm delighted to recommend him for confirmation uh, to the Council this evening. Thank you very much. Questions or comments from the Council? Mr. Leone. Yes, I want to congratulate Mr. Uh, am I going to pronounce his name wrong? As usual, Sefton, okay. Uh, I want to congratulate you, but, and everybody knows me, I, I like to pick them in-house. I, I feel we had two good candidates that could to, do the job. They've been here for many, many years. I've worked with them, and I know what they can do, and I've seen what they've done, uh, working on Rio Vista and uh, Pioneer Park and uh, uh, all the other parks that we have done, uh, the community center, if you haven't been down there, it looks great. They've done a great job, and it's nothing against you. Uh, I can't confirm this myself. You will get confirmed by the council, but you won't get my vote, and uh, I just feel bad for the two candidates from Peoria. They worked so hard to get to the top, and now uh, they're going to be bypassed. And I, you're, not, you're not the first one I voted no on, believe me, and you won't be the last. The last one I voted no on today was that director's last day, and she only worked here two years, and now we have to go outside and find another candidate for that department, and it's going to cost the taxpayers money. So, uh, again, I congratulate you. I hope we do a great job, but I do feel that the two candidates that we have should have gotten that position. Thank you. Thank you. Other questions or comments? Mr. Pearson. I do want to congratulate you and, and assure you that those two candidates that Mr. Uh, Leone referred to will be your biggest supporters and your most uh, uh, hardest working uh, employees. And uh, so uh, they are they are your resources and I know you're going to use them. Uh, we congratulate you uh, on your selection uh, and uh, look forward to uh, some great work. Other questions or comments? Mr. Ames? No. Did I have a motion? So moved. Second. Moved by Mr. Ames, second by Mr. Pearson. This is 17R, confirmation. City Manager Appointment of Community Services Director. Please vote. 
clerk will record the vote. 6-1 vote with Mr. Leone dissenting. Congratulations. This is where the first thing that happens to you is that I bring you up here and embarrass you. <laughs> I'm counting on it. <laughs> well, it really is a, a great pleasure and an honor uh, to come to Peoria and to serve the community. I have spent my life uh, working with communities across the Western United States, if you will, a good time in Nevada, a great time in Tucson, and a greater time just not too far from here, working to serve people just as you are. Um, that's what I do and what I love. And I know for a fact, and having gone through the process, and I commend uh, all of the, the candidates and the efforts that they put forth, and I know that you've got a great team here. Uh, and that's very, very attractive. It's not just a matter of me moving in, it's a matter of me joining a great team. Uh, all the way around, and that's very, very evident. And one of the questions through the process was, what can you do to improve the park system? Well, it's really, really shiny, and it looks great, and it's evident by the work that's being done every day. And without that, you know, the, the quality of life just isn't there. And here in Peoria, there's an exclamation point, and I think it starts with parks, recreation, and library services. So I'm happy to be here, I'm excited to serve, and look forward to working with all of you. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you. Next is a call to the public on non-agenda items. I have no slips, so we move on to where we move. I report from the city manager. Thank you, Mayor Barrett. Now, there are no presentations under my report this evening, but a, a couple of informational items. Uh, the first is the monthly report uh, detailing the items that are before your policy subcommittees. Um, item B is a, an update on the digital billboard and uh, civic engagement uh, process. You'll recall we started that process. There was a, um, a uh, uh, pause while the legislature acted, and now um, Chris and Scott are beginning that process again, and this uh, outlines uh, the process that they'll be going through. And the last item that I'd like to mention is really uh, not, in, not so much a written item, but a, an acknowledgment. Um, you're going on your summer recess after tonight's meeting, uh, and you won't be meeting again until late August. Uh, and when you come back into uh, your meeting schedule beginning in late August, a number of the employees who have been in interim roles uh, for the last several months uh, will um, be moving back, uh, be moving out of those interim roles and be moving uh, back to uh, other roles within the city. And I'd really like to spend just a minute acknowledging uh, each of them. And you know who they are. You, you work with them and interact with them all the time. And every one of these people has done just an outstanding job uh, in the interim role uh, that we ask them to, to play. And, and some in some challenging times and challenging circumstances. Um, and I won't go through the litany of, of uh, accolades, although I could, but I, I promised I wouldn't embarrass them uh, here at this point. But uh, they've done a fantastic job in the interim. Um, and uh, I'd like to recognize Stacy Irvine. He was um, the interim fire chief from September 19th. Stacy? Katie Gregory was interim budget director from April 15th, 2011. Okay. 
Jeff Tyne was the Interim Community Services Director from April 15, 2011. Claudia Lujan was Interim Human Resources Director from October 29, 2011. And Karina Russo was the Interim Assistant to the City Manager from October 29, 2011, and she is on vacation tonight. So we let her have the day. Thank you, Council, and that's all I have this evening. Thank you very much. It's time for reports from the City Council. Mr. Leone. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, first thing I want to say, I want to congratulate all these uh, interns that, that worked here, and uh, you did a great job, and I'm real proud of you. And uh, keep the good work up, and Karina does need a vacation after doing all that work, believe me. Uh, I was at the uh, community service today. Uh, they had the 4th of July and had the patriotic music there, which is great. And they were all dressed up. And if, and if you haven't been over there, go take a look at it. Phase one is all done. And that building is just terrific. It's great. If you ever been there, I took a tour today and I was just excited. Now they're working on phase two. So uh, if you have a chance, uh, go over there, talk to the director, and I'm sure that he'll let you walk through the building and take a look at it. It's really uh, a good building, and I want to thank. Parks and Recreation and anybody else who worked on it. The last thing I want to say is that tomorrow is 4th of July. Everybody be safe at the sports complex. We got the 4th of July fireworks. Come on down and enjoy yourself. But the main thing is be safe tomorrow and uh, let's not drink because we get the patrol out there looking for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Carlin. God bless you and everybody else. Thank you. Um, I also want to say happy 4th of July. Uh, tonight, uh, the fireworks will be at Lake Pleasant. So head on out there. I was there today visiting our new fireboat, which is, which is so great for the city of Peoria. But they're expecting 20,000 people out there this evening. So go out and enjoy our lake. And then tomorrow, you can have more fireworks at the Peoria Sports Complex. So I hope you have a, a safe summer. We will see you again uh, towards the end of August. Mr. Rivera, no comment? Mr. Pearson. Also, I'd like to uh, wish everybody a happy 4th and the staff as well. Uh, and uh, congratulate uh, staff and council on a very productive night. It's not over yet. Uh, and I, I appreciate that we got so much done today. And will. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Evans. Well, 4th of July always means the sports complex uh, lights up the sky, and they start at 5 o'clock actually with amazing activities. So I would like to encourage all of you to bring your families and let them enjoy such a wonderful evening uh, of uh, activities and fun for the family and then amazing amazing fireworks. So plan to come and attend that. I too was able to be out at the lake and have a chance to check out that boat that we have uh, added to Lake Pleasant and that is an amazing uh, safety issue for the state of the, for the city of Peoria we have really come through with a, a really neat neat thing that is going to make saving lives and helping people out at the lake uh, so much easier and so much more effective thank you mr. Ames uh, yes, uh, last week, uh, along with uh, 
Councilman uh, Rivero and Leone. I attended uh, this year's uh, Desert uh, Peaks Awards, uh, which the Maricopa Association of Government sponsors. And Peoria got two regional partnership awards along with several other cities in the valley. And they were for the Domestic Violence Regional Evaluation Project, which uh, I think went on even for you know, several years, but uh, brought uh, different cities together. And I accepted the award for the city along with Chief Minter, Lieutenant Steele, and uh, Sergeant Mech of our Peoria Police Department. So I'd like to thank them uh, for uh, getting this award for Peoria. And the second uh, award we got was the Regional Wireless Cooperative. And this is used by our police, fire, and other city departments. And I accepted this along with Deputy City Manager Susan Thorpe and the city's IT director, John Eiming. And I'd like to say a regional cooperation makes all of our cities in the valley better. Uh, we need to thank all the Peoria staff that worked on uh, these projects and uh, this coordination, linking up with other cities. We solve things, we achieve things uh, much better than if we were just a little island on, onto ourselves. Uh, also last week I attended a get together at uh, Johnny Fox's public house uh, with the Peoria youth and their parents who are participating uh, in the Peoria Northern Ireland Youth Exchange. I attended with council members uh, Rivero, Leone, Pearson and Evans and it was a nice evening and commentary and ideas about the exchange program now and in the future we're looking at uh, in enhancing our uh, program in, in, uh, in terms of uh, working with cities uh, elsewhere around the world. Uh, finally, I would like to say, uh, and this will be coming up, I guess we'll be back a little bit before it happens, but finally I'd like to say please exercise your right to vote by mail or at the ballot box in the upcoming August 28 primary. For Peoria, there will be voting on council district elections and nine amendments to your city charter, charter that cover taxing and other powers of your city council. Please consider your choices carefully. It's your city and your vote matters. And uh, happy 4th of July. I will be at the sports complex tomorrow evening and uh, I think maybe Joan will be too. And uh, we may be asked to go down there and say hi to folks, I think. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I, I have nothing to add. We will not resume the city is safe until the last part of August because council is going to leave town. They're on vacation. So lucky you. Uh, I, I am going to adjourn this meeting and after a 15 minute break, we will come back and continue the study session. We adjourn. Thank you. Sorry, 810. 810. 810.